Hello all Beard Inside listeners, here's another one of our backlog of episodes recorded for the YouTube channel while we're currently on hiatus from live episodes. This is from episode 22 of the YouTube show, which was originally released on April 24th, 2020. If you enjoyed this episode or the show, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, the brand new TrendingTopicsNetwork.com, or most other listing avenues for this podcast. We also kindly ask that you rate, review, subscribe, and leave comments to wherever you're getting this wonderful sound. Please enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to All Beer Inside Interviews, the quarantine editions, as I'm calling them. Uh, today with me is Kaiser, also known as Hop Citizen. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, how's everyone doing? Good. Uh, I mean, despite everything, good, because we have sweet, delicious beer. Uh, speaking of, uh, what are you enjoying on the show today? I am actually, I got lucky. And I got some uh, Oval Super 8. Ah, very nice. Yeah, so, Fromagerie Atwater actually released this, uh, I think it was last week. And I actually live on the South Shore, so they don't deliver to the South Shore. Mm-hmm. But I just spent $100 to get it here. Oh. So, I bought, like, the limit of the Oval, plus I just bought a bunch of extra things, like the Pesce Day Pack. I wanted mm-hmm. to get that anyways. So, I threw that in there as well, and then a few extra Boreal cans here and there. And, yeah, no, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. But, you know, spending $100 in one go on beer is kind of like, Yeah, that's a hurting. Uh, I'm, uh, I've got myself some ironworks from the gentlemen right. at Four Origins. Uh, you could see my previous interview with them with Keegan back in, I believe it's episode 13 or 14. So you can always check that out. Uh, so, uh, Kaiser, what's, what's the story? What brought you to beer blogging and beer Instagramming? Pretty much it started from uh, my sort of want to write and my inspirations for writing which spawned when I was way young as a young teenager growing up. I used to love listening to a lot of metal bands and sort of like rock bands and Surge from System of Down and Corey Taylor from Slipknot really played a huge role in my upbringing to kind of start writing lyrics. I played in a lot of metal bands as well so it was kind of like just meant to be and that kind of pushed me to start writing in not just lyrical sense, but also creative writing sense. And I always enjoyed writing sort of like uh, research essays and things like that as well, growing up in school. So that part of it was always there that I wanted to write for something or the other as a passion project. And as far as craft beer, like it started pretty much when I moved to Montreal in 2011. When I moved here, it was like a little bit of a struggle to try to find like a steady job that could pay well. So at that time, I was mostly drinking, you know, really shitty beers like Budweiser's, Miller High Life, Miller Life, whatever I could find back yeah, in the day. Yeah, yeah. Over here in Canada, it was all about Molson Canadian or Molson Export. 50, Labatt 50, oh, actually. Yeah, that's was like the one that I prefer out of all the shitty ones for sure. Um, but so that's that's pretty much what I was drinking back in the day when I moved here. And then after securing a good job, I decided, you know, now I can get back into the craft beer scene that I was into in California. So I started to think, okay, I want to discover some local breweries here in Montreal and in Quebec. And I really missed my West Coast IPA. So I just went online, like on the internet, like anyone would to try to find some information. And I think I remember searching something like best IPA in Quebec or best IPA in Montreal or you know some like top IPAs Canada or some, something along those lines. And the first thing that really popped up on my Google feed was uh, beerism.ca. Mm-hmm. It's an article, Noah Forrest, on um, Great Lakes Brewery from Ontario. 
that kind of caught my eye a little bit. And I did seek those beers out. And he kind of played a huge role to sort of push me into setting up my own website and sort of information type of a spot that people can come and get the information and go out and seek these beers or breweries and go visit the breweries or whatever. And I kind of, I'm not as eloquently spoken as he is, of course. He's, he's really well-versed in the way he writes and he knows a lot about brewing, a lot about beer. Mm-hmm. But I kind of took it as a way that I can contribute in more of a comical kind of way, more of it interesting and fun instead of being too scientific, I guess. Yeah, it. yeah, scientific, straight, straightforwardness in a sense, or yeah. Um, yeah, blunt, it. I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I love his writing style. He writes really well and he knows how to describe his beer extremely well. Mm-hmm. And he knows a lot about brewing and beer in general. So that definitely helps kind of bolster him up to be like the king of, of <laughs> beer media journalism, I guess, as you could call it. Um, but I wanted to try to take a different approach. And although trying to write comedically about a few beers is easy, trying to write comedically about a hundred plus is actually really difficult to kind of keep it original. So I found that that didn't really work out as well as I hoped, mm-hmm. but you know, it still worked out in somewhere or the other to get me kind of where I am now, four and a half years into it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just read your last two articles with about Masorum and Beauregard uh, and, and just uh, like you're tasting notes when you're talking about the aroma, the color, uh, the taste, it's its almost like you could, I could put myself in the mindset of what you're tasting, which is always like good. Yeah, it's almost yeah. like when I'm reading a fantasy book and I can picture myself in that world, I could picture myself tasting those beers and really like getting a sense of what they are. Almost like yeah. if I were to read the article and then go in blind I, and I retained the, what you had said earlier, then I, that would totally come across as what I should taste. My palate's not nearly as def- as refined as, as from what I'm reading for yours. I would love to have a refined palate. I've always said that maybe if, if there was some sort of course to um, expand my palate horizons, I would always want to try something like that. So. Sure. I mean, like, you have the Cicerone course, right, that you can take. I mean, it does cost money, I think. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I didn't develop my palate by really doing much education on, on brewing or beer. My palate can actually develop just by trying things. You know, the more you try, the more you kind of understand and see how hops play in, how the yeast plays in, how everything kind of plays into the beer. And you kind of just learn from that pretty much. And then here and there, I will look up some things like just out of curiosity, like, okay, like what, what does a cascade hop really contribute mm-hmm. on like the alpha acid level? Is it more used for bittering? Is it more used for aroma? So here and there, you look up things and you learn that way. But it's honestly all just about try as many beers as you can and you remember the kind of experience you had with it. Also what you were saying that uh, the articles that you've read of mine kind of put you in that sort of fantasy world and actually feeling how that is. That's, mm-hmm. that's what my goal is trying to do what I'm doing is to kind of make it more of more of like a story and an experience rather than the scientific way. Like I want to kind of describe what, connections I may have emotionally or story-wise or something, you know, like just make it kind of fun and interesting that way. So it's, it's cool that you mentioned that that's what you took from it, which is good. 
Yeah, I've always been more of a, a reader uh, than a, I mean, this is, uh, this show in general is something uh, creatively, it, it literally started as a joke with me and friends where we're just like, oh, we're going to get together and we're going to get bombed and we're just going to try some beers. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, let's try this, uh, this rye aged beer. And one of my friend's comments at the time was, this tastes like a hug from my grandpa. Oh, yeah, that's it. So, <laughs> like, that's hilarious. And, and we kind of associate to that. That's our audio show that's very uh, R-rated uh, and okay. uh, not appropriate for everybody, whereas as this is more uh, family-friendly, even though it's it's Yeah, weird. see, I think I need to be a part of that. Then I can let loose a bit more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's definitely uh, – we, we usually do that on – uh, a monthly basis. It's just called All Beer Inside, like like yeah. this, but it's on on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, so the name Hop uh, Citizen, yeah, the name Hop Citizen. Where'd you come up with that? So after I had kind of landed on Noah's article about Great Lakes, and it kind of helped me a lot to try to discover things in Quebec, and also, I mean, Great Lakes is from Ontario, not really Quebec, but it kind of. I obviously went back to his archives and started reading a bunch of his other things, and. Uh, once that got me inspired, I kind of, I sat with that idea that um, I was looking for a passion project to do besides like my main work. Like this is not something I actually make a living off of. It's just a hobby. I enjoy doing it. I enjoy writing. I enjoy tasting craft beer. So it's not something that has any financial gain whatsoever. So I sat on the idea for quite some time and I sort of started making a list on my notepad on my phone of like names that I could think up of and mm-hmm. I can tell you a hundred percent of them were god awful. <laughs> like <laughs> it just they just did not work at all. Like it was embarrassing. Like I actually told my wife a year later what I had initially planned to call it. <laughs> and she was like, that sounds ridiculous. And I was like ah. that's that's fantastic. So how this yeah, so how this name came about was it, it was literally just pure chance and I wanted to kind of try to find a name that worked with me personally personality wise kind of like you had you have to have some kind of relation to it and I had been talking to one of my co-workers because I was applying for my PR and my PR was in process and he was asking me oh wait how long does it take to become a citizen of Canada and I told him like I'm still on a work permit so once mm-hmm. I get my PR soon then I'd have to wait this amount of time before I can become a citizen. So that word citizen just stuck in my head for a few days and I went on a smoke break and I was just thinking, yeah, citizen, citizen sounds like a really cool word. You know, like, yeah, I'm just, I'm not a connoisseur. I'm not a Cicerone. I'm not, I don't know anything about brewing or Mm -hmm. beer to that level. I know as little as a normal person may know who's kind of interested in beer. So I'm just an ordinary citizen like everybody else. And then that kind of translated into, well, obviously some of the beers I enjoy a lot are hopped IPAs or pale ales. So the word hop stuck in my head and then it just kind of dawned on me, hey, hop citizen, that that sounds pretty neat. I I think I could go with that. And my tagline too on my website is your ordinary beer citizen. So it it worked quite well. That's great. Uh, yeah, I mean, we started as um, a joke on, on a friend. She does um, a wine version. And so we just replaced okay, yeah. wine with beer and the word us inside because beer yeah. belongs inside. Right. 
exactly. yeah. Uh, so what made you decide uh, from California to Montreal? I mean, that's a, that's a drastic change. It was, it was two things initially, right? So it was woman and job, pretty okay. much. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I had to hear. So, yeah, so I lived in California in San Francisco from 2006 to 2011. And then in 2010, I met someone in Montreal, actually, while I was visiting through a family friend of mine. And we started kind of seeing each other mm-hmm. a bit and going back and forth. And then I graduated university and I found a really good opportunity up here in Montreal for my industry. So I was like, hey, you know what? We're together. We're long distance. You might as well. I found a good opportunity I could potentially get coming to Montreal might as well give it a shot and in the U.S. I was only there on a work permit so I mean sorry a student permit mm-hmm. so I couldn't stay past my graduation anyways okay. so I had like like the U.S. government gave me three months to find a job or GTFO <laughs> so I was just like you know what I'm just gonna GTFO I'll go to Canada yeah Canada seems nice uh, you're <laughs> We're more than welcoming in Canada. Exactly. I'm, I love being a Canadian citizen personally. Uh, Montreal or Montreal's to my heart. So there you go. Right yeah. on. Uh, your, your photography as well is very nice, very clean on your website. Is that you or is that a friend or? So that's pretty much me. So like mm-hmm. the entire website is I have the, well, number one, the amazing opportunity to actually drink the beer myself, yes. to write about the beer myself to take the photos, to edit the photos, to post on social media, and to do all the website work. So I pretty much am the only guy that's involved in Op Citizen. Um, Photography-wise, I'm not a professional photographer. I do come from an artistic background. I studied art in university. That's my degree. It's a Bachelor of Fine Arts. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously there's a part that plays into that but I'm nowhere near a professional photographer like I, I don't know how to use a manual camera to perfection I can use the manual camera a bit you know messing around with the aperture and all that stuff but and the ISO but not nearly as high level as a professional would but I obviously I do have a sense of color and a sense of mm-hmm. uh, composition and all that kind of stuff so that does definitely play into my abilities to photograph a beer in an interesting way and I, I don't want to take it into just a really standard photo so I always try to change it up as much as possible whether it's close-ups or far shots or let's focus more on the label because this label is more interesting or let's try to focus on the bubbles of the beer because this beer has a lot of head on it you know like it it varies between the beers that I drink mm-hmm. no it's um like the pictures I saw uh even with uh, Masorum I was there opening day and they've changed quite a bit already from opening day to where they are now and hopefully future in-person interview uh, when we have a chance as all beer inside. I actually met them um, at the La Cuvée this year, which you could see uh, on a previous episode. And they seem like super chill dudes. And then just reading your, uh, the whole description of uh, you said they were in a band. You were you're yeah. a metalhead yeah. uh, yourself. Uh, yeah. Interviewed Le yeah. Fermenter. Two guys also in a band. It's like it, yeah. the creativity oh. from that field moves itself over. And as you mentioned yourself, yeah. a bachelor of fine arts, you're basically taking that art and bringing it to beer. Yeah, that's it. 
like yeah the guys from Misorum are, are super chill super down to earth and it's it's actually crazy how I actually got to know about Misorum opening and how I actually met Van Sennar from Misorum it's mm-hmm. like a long list of like six degree of connection pretty much so like uh in California, I made good friends with a guy that plays in a heavy metal band there called Origin. And he's friends with a guy that I, I met here in Montreal through him when he came to tour in Montreal. So we became friends that way, me and this other guy. And this other guy and Vincent showed up at, uh, I think it was Montreal. Mm-hmm. And that guy was got, he got super excited to see me. So we said hi. And the next room was Vincent. Vincent was like, oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a brewer at the, the Thomas Guterre. And me and Vincent started hitting it off that way. And then next thing you know, Vincent tell me, oh, hey, by the way, I'm leaving to start my own brewery. <laughs> and he told me the name. I'm like, that is very complicated and hard to like, <laughs> pronounce. But it works. <laughs> yeah, no, I had discovered them because I was, um, I personally live pretty close to the St. Ambois Terrasse. Yeah, there you go. So yeah. I was just having beers there and I'm like, ah, I feel like walking. I'm going to start walking to Four Origins. And I just grabbed my phone randomly. I'm like, new breweries in the area. And they pulled up. I'm like, whoa, what? When did this happen? Oh, my God. So I messaged him. And he's like, oh, no, dude, sorry, July. I'm like, but you're already registered. I want to go drink now. So, (laughs) um, yeah, Yeah. like like I'd mentioned uh, with friends, it's like they started with three IPAs. Uh, I have one friend he hates IPAs, so he honestly makes no sense to me personally. But... It's, uh, yeah, they started with three and they've expanded uh, and they keep going. And, um, they were named number one new new brewery in Canada for a reason on, on rate. Yeah. 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 Uh, so speaking, you spoke with them, you spoke with Beauregard. Have you ever thought about maybe creating your own beer and collabing with these guys? Uh, it's not something that I've really, I have thought about it, but it's not something that I've thought about seriously, really until you actually asked me about it. And then that's when I kind of like, hey, maybe I could actually make it a realistic thing. It's just that for me, it's like, I don't know how I would make that work. You know, I guess like BAOS has done some stuff. Noah's done several things. uh, But I know nothing about brewing in terms of how it works. I know the basics, obviously, but not enough to really go in there and be like, hey, you know what, let's put this hop in there at this time and let's do this with the yeast and let's use that thing. Like it is definitely something that I'd be interested in, but I just kind of don't know yet how I'd go about it in yeah. terms of my contribution. I, I wouldn't want my contribution to just be like, Oh, Hey, yeah, it's just my logo and my name on mm-hmm. the beer. I'd want to actually take part in trying to figure out the recipe if I can. But for that, I would definitely need to know a lot more about brewing. So we'll see how it goes. Maybe something. Yeah, as as the show as the show's evolving, as I just I literally just started this uh, in November uh, with my friend, where I just said, "Do you know what? Um, I have the extra funds. Finally, I bought the video camera when I was in uh, Saratoga Springs, or on my way back from I should say on my way back from New York City, Black Friday, uh, super cheap camera, and I'm like, you know what? Let's do it. Let's let's start interviewing breweries and." And he's like, yeah, okay, but cool. you, you do everything and I'll do the editing. I'm like, okay. And I'm, there's a reason I'm on this. I'm the host is cause mm-hmm. I'm a very sociable person. I love meeting new there people. I love talking beer. Well, that's it. And that's why and that's always the fun part about it. Like it's always fun. Like what I, what I really enjoyed a lot about 
being, I mean, not even, like besides the fact that I'm writing like a website and doing beer reviews and I have an Instagram and all that stuff, it's just what I've always enjoyed the most about in general having beer or going to a bar or anything is that mm-hmm. you get to communicate with either your friends or new people that you've never met in your life. Like, you know, you make connections that way. And it's also like you get off, especially these days, everyone's always on their phone. So you, you get a break from that phone and television and you focus more on just personal connections with people you have interesting conversations and for me the one thing that i love the most and i think i've mentioned this on uh, one of the other previous podcasts i've done with uh, stefan from podcast nation is i enjoy having conversations no matter what it's about the podcast i did with him went from we're talking about beer to the Queen of England, to World War II. Like, we just went off on tangents about all sorts of stuff. You know, like, it's just fun to have those conversations, and you will always remember them as you get older and you you move on in your life. So I think that connection is important for any human, I guess. I've met complete strangers at the Mondial who have become beer friends. Yeah, that's it. It's um, the guys from Pork Shop, uh, Dry Sausage, like... I consider them friends mm-hmm. now. I constantly just, whenever they're at a beer festival, uh, I'm more yeah. at their tent than I am at a brewery. Yeah. I mean, yes, yeah, the same for me. Like, there's a lot of people that once I started doing this, that I, I would go to beer festivals and I kind of got to know a lot of the, the brewery owners or brewers from the brewery. And, you know, I've, I've made some friends along the way just, just doing that. And then other friends were not even, they just, they love drinking craft beer and we become mm-hmm. friends that way. You know, whether it's like through trading and then you trade, and then one day you're having a share together. You know, like it's it's awesome to see how that grows yeah. and how you have that one connection that kind of unifies you regardless of anything else. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, you you reached out to us originally saying like, hey, let's get together and talk. And I'm like, yes, yeah. we're going to do this at a bar. And then this happened. Yeah, so. now. But we are talking. And, and the, yeah, unfortunately <laughs> this happened, but we are talking and we are we are getting the conversation going of you can enjoy craft beer at home. Of course. Yeah. Uh, now you mentioned you started your craft beer journey in California. Do you recall yeah. where it started? Who brought you out? What was that first craft beer? Yes, I do. And I, I love this story. And I, I, I think I told it on Box and Hops. It's weird because like that's where it's like the Mecca of craft beer was California back in the day. And this was like back in 2006. Mm-hmm. In like 2006, I mean, there was still a lot of great breweries kind of all over the place in the U.S. and even here in Canada, I believe. I actually didn't drink any craft beer until I was 18, turning 19, and that's when I was at university in San Francisco. And I always just drank the, the shittiest thing you could find, especially there, it got shittier. I can tell you this much. Canadian regular beer is way better than American regular beer. Mm-hmm. Like, I would much rather prefer a Molson Canadian over like a Miller High Life or a Miller Light. You know, like it's just it's 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 just not the same. But mm-hmm. so I was drinking obviously Miller High Life and Miller Light and all that regular stuff. And this friend of mine from the dorms who I met in the dormitory for my university. He would always show up at these house parties with a six pack or a 12 pack of Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. And I always was like, you always pressure me, dude, you need to try this. You need to try this. You need to try this. I'm like, I don't know why, but I don't want to try this. It looks like a, like, what is this green beer? Like, no. 
this label looks crazy. Like, mm-hmm. just let me have my Budweiser 12 pack yeah. and enjoy myself and get really messed yeah, get, up. Get hammered. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you're 18. Like, yeah, let's get hammered. Okay, cool. And then one day he just kept pestering me. And I don't know why, but I guess he felt that you seem like you enjoy the finer things in life. So try this. <laughs> and one day I give up. Like, all right, fine. Give me that beer. I'll try it. And since then, it just kind of opened my eyes and I've never turned back because it was essentially palate changing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why am I drinking anything else but stuff that tastes like this? Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I hear that a lot from American-based uh, people yeah. who get into craft. It's, it's usually Sierra Nevada. Yeah. That, that I mean, first back, one. back then, that, 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 that's like the big one that was it's distributed everywhere. Like in 2006... When I was in San Francisco, I'm not originally American, mm-hmm. but I was in San Francisco. You could find like Stone IPA, uh, Sierra Nevada, Alesmith at a regular like corner store, which yeah. you would call a debt here, mm-hmm. you know. And like over here, when I moved here, you couldn't find the regular good craft beer in mm-hmm. debt. You had to go to special debt. But back there, it was everywhere. You know, like in California, it was all over the place. Mm-hmm. So everyone could easily get a 12 pack of Sierra Nevada just going one block down from their apartment or their house. But so it was it was more widespread, I guess. Yeah, the beer rules are are a lot more lax in America, which I like. Um, yeah. I mean, even in Quebec, like we do have specialty beer stores, but my corner store now he's got a small little craft beer section because he knows he's not he's not an idiot. He knows where where people. Okay. Not a majority, but there's still people shifting. I'm in Verdun, yeah. so you know we were classically uh, sitting on your front porch with Jiangi drinking a 50. My father still drinks 50. Yeah. It's like wow, there you it's go, yeah. gross. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my one of my first U.S. craft experiences was Magic Hat because somebody, okay. I, uh, my folks have a place in Shazy, New York. Uh, somebody there brought Magic Hat. I had the beer, yeah. and I'm like, beer can have flavor. Like I was, yeah. I was drinking Molson Brodeur. I don't even mm. think they make that anymore. Yes. I've never even heard of that. Yeah, it's <laughs> is like a classic malt liquor, golden label, and eighteen years old, not knowing any better, drinking technically oh, illegal that. in America, but legal in Quebec. It's just like, like well, you can have taste. Man, it's like when you're eighteen, you're like trying to do like weird shit <laughs> that you don't really want to do. Yeah. And it's, you know, you're playing like Edward Scissorhands and you're like, yeah. okay, I guess that's cool. And then you're like, I don't like doing this. Why am I doing this? Yeah. Well, even my CJEP days, uh, me and a friend would go drink in an alleyway. Uh, we'd be drinking forties and playing hacky sack yeah. in our CJEP days. So yeah. just yeah. times change, palettes change. Uh, it's very rare. I have people who just stick to uh, regular beer. Even when I, I play softball, mm. I try and I try and bring better beer. At least, like yeah. I'll bring um, Sapporo or something else. But everybody's yeah, just like, like Budweiser like, and Molson. This, I'm like, yeah. So, like one one of the most amazing things that I loved to see was that uh, even though, like, I have my you know like my craft beer drinking friends that I've met through being a beer media personality mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And then I also have my friends who are my other friends who actually enjoy craft beer. And then I have other friends too that just were never really into craft beer. But one day, one of my friends brought, uh, we used to play Ultimate Frisbee in the park on Montreal. Mm-hmm. One of my buddies brought uh, St. Ambroise 
think it was like Pamplemousse IPA or yeah, the grapefruit. Like yeah, yeah, the grapefruit, the grapefruit IPA. And I was like, dude, you're drinking Santa Claus? Like, yeah, I love this. I'm like, <laughs> we need to, I need to introduce you to some other things. <laughs> yeah, you know. And like, he was the first one in my my like, really close friends group that kind of released himself from the the Labatt fifties and the Molsons and the Budweiser. Yeah, I was around, I'd say like 22, 23, I started at Brutopia. A friend had mentioned like, oh, here's a good beer here. And it's like, I'm pretty sure my first craft was probably the strawberry ale. And it's like, whoa, beer can have like awesome flavor. Yeah. And then you just, it it was, it was a sudden swing all of a sudden in the last five years or so where it went from just kind of your Brutopias and your Gigi Cells to so many. Now uh, you're sporting that Hell Farmstead hoodie. Uh, what are some oh, yeah, yeah full beercations you've done, and what do you plan on doing? So I mean, I've done a few. Obviously, like I said, I go to Vermont whenever any good release comes out from Hill Farmstead or something else happens. I, I go to Vermont every like once a year for like a weekend, mm-hmm. but I go to Vermont every six to eight weeks to. Three like three months, depending on like what's going on. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely something I do a lot, but that's easy because it's like, Hey, we're here. It's our neighbor. <laughs> as far as beer occasions goes, I, um, I've done Chicago and I, I absolutely, well, I love Chicago as a city. Number one, uh, the people that are amazing, the city's by the lake. So you're still kind of interlocked, but you feel as if, you're on like uh, the shoreline mm-hmm. because that lake is massive. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you feel like, oh, hey, it's just endless. It's like the Atlantic Ocean. But no, it's not. It's, it's a lake. Mm-hmm. Um, and the beer there was fantastic. It's, it's kind of what – it was like the second phase of – or the first phase of what inspired me to start my blog was when I went to Chicago with my wife for a weekend in – Unfortunately, it was February, so it was really cold oh, yeah. and really windy. <laughs> Not a good U.S. city in February. <laughs> I don't know why I did that, but hey, I did it. It was Valentine's Day. I was like, hey, surprise, let's go to, let's go to Chicago. <laughs> and then I froze my face off. <laughs> and I was like, Montreal is much better than Chicago. Chicago yeah. is freezing. Yeah, but, I'm a I'm a Green Bay yeah. Packers fan, and I want to go down to a game in December. I'm like, maybe I don't want to die. So, well, December is not so bad. Just don't go in January, February. Yeah, because literally, they call it the windy city for a reason. So if you mm-hmm. go in the heat of the, the main winter time, you are going to freeze. <sighs> yeah, no, I can't. Um, I can't do winter yeah. like that anymore. No, Any anything outside of North America that you plan on going to once uh, we can all travel safely again? I guess the first thing would be Maine. Would definitely be a go-to thing for me. Cause I always go to New York because mm-hmm. I have a friend that lives in Brooklyn and my wife has a friend that lives in New Jersey. And I always go to Boston because I have a family member that lives in Boston and a really good friend that lives close by in Rhode Island. So I've, I've always been continuously going to like New York or Boston. Like I go to New York every fall and i go to boston every other fall so those spots are very common for me to take my trip down to and of course california since i was living there i have a lot of friends so every maybe four years i'll travel to california not really a beer occasion but it kind of becomes a beer occasion mm-hmm. like i'm going there to see my friends but 
hey, I'm there. I might as well enjoy the craft beer scene, you know. Um, but definitely Maine is one. A second would be uh, Oregon. I definitely mm-hmm. want to check out Oregon. Definitely want to check out Vancouver. Um, I definitely want to go to like Gaspésie region of Quebec, which would be forget the beer. The views are incredible, apparently. Yeah. So yeah, uh, you know, just I had for a, that alone. I want to. Yeah, I had a friend. He did uh, the Maritimes trip. Uh, yeah. He did the long way. He didn't cut through the U.S., so it was uh, yes. ten hours up yeah. to Gaspésie, and then. Yeah, yeah. So. No, that's that's. Sounds like a lot of fun. When I was in California, we'd drive up the US-1. So if you're going from San Francisco to Los Angeles, there's two ways you can go. You can go the, the 101 to the 5, or you can take the one scenic route down. Mm-hmm. And the difference is it's three and a half hours longer to take the scenic route. But that scenic route is amazing. Yeah. Like, it's gorgeous. Very cool. When it comes down to your Instagram and your website, uh, what's next for you? I haven't really thought about what I want to take it to next. Obviously, this is a hobby and I enjoy doing it, so mm-hmm. I'll continue to do it until I guess I get bored, which seems unlikely because every year there's five new breweries that open up that I want to check out, so mm-hmm. the interest is a constant flow. Um, I think cycling back to what you had mentioned asking about collaboration, that might be something I'd want to try out is maybe try to do a collaboration or something and see how it goes. Other than that, I'm not really too sure. It's not something I've really thought about too much. It's kind of like a thing that I take week by week, you know? Okay, cool. And growing your audience, how do you, how do you draw people in? Do you feel? Growing audience wise, it's always been hard to kind of hit the nail on the coffin. Like it's several different factors. I would think Mm -hmm. Um, a few but the main ones that I can think of is kind of like trying to pick the right content to release at the right time. So for example, like, you know, Boreal made Nordest IPA, write about Nordest IPA when they release it so that you can kind of get like people interested in that new beer that just came out. Mm-hmm. So that attracts a lot of attention right away because they see it on the shelves, they hear it on Boreal and they're like, oh, what is this? And oh, wait, there's an article. I can read about it. So that obviously attracts a lot of audience. Posting content frequently is another thing. Like you need to keep your users engaged. I mean, even just, let's say for me, if I'm following someone else, I obviously want to see things frequently so that I can keep continuing to see the content. Like, oh, hey, that's cool. Oh, hey, that's cool. If you give too many gaps, then it's more like a swipe by. So you, you got to keep it flowing as much as you can. Mm-hmm. one big thing for me was to try to make my photos work well because obviously these days Instagram's a huge part in how your content is seen because they don't I know for me like there's probably not a lot of people that read the full text on an Instagram post they look at the image and they like it double tap right away yeah. so the photo really matters a lot and I've kind of worked over the past few years to develop how I want it to look and how I want to do the editing in Photoshop afterwards. And so that's very important as well for me to get an audience following. Interacting with your audience is a huge thing. Like you need to make sure that 
if someone is commenting or liking your photo or something like that, you kind of continue that conversation. Mm -hmm. Obviously it's like, I'm doing this in terms of spreading information as a hobby for brewers and breweries to gain more following or spreading that information. And it certainly helps if someone wants to ask you a question or something like that, you actually respond to it. Like you don't want to be like a ghost Instagram that's just like robotically posting things because that's kind of like boring. If I ask a question to someone and no one answers, it's quite off-putting. Like you want to be able to interact with your audience and be like, hey, so yes, Boreal did put out an interesting juicy IPA and this is what I can tell you about it. And uh, if you have questions, you can ask me and I'll answer. So that is a huge role. Um, the last thing I would say is I guess it's always appreciated when breweries and brewers share your content as well when you write about them. Like, you know, like it's, it's awesome. Like, hey, I wrote this really cool thing and yeah. you liked it and you're sharing it for people to read because you're giving me a little bit of extra exposure and you're getting exposure as well by kind of sharing that content and spreading the word even more. And that's always, it's not a necessity. I was like, I'm doing this as a hobby, right? So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's really cool when that does happen. Like, it's like, oh, hey, you know, Ben from Oval shared my thing. That's awesome. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. Yeah, and no, I see. Kinda... I totally see that coming from. It's, uh, I mean, myself and my videographer and my cohort in this adventure, Phil, uh, we become great friends with Drew from Kahnawake Brewing. And, you know, he's yeah. shut down at the moment of this recording because yeah, yeah, of, sure. of what's happening. But yeah. stuff he's doing for the community. And so I'm constantly like, yeah, yeah, you it. need to visit this guy. If you don't drink beer, I don't care if you don't drink beer. The food's phenomenal. The uh, party atmosphere is great. Go, go. And uh, yeah. one of my big things right now on my personal and uh, the Instagram as whole as an all beer inside is, you know, we're we're getting a, a stimulus check from our government. Keep that local. Uh, buy a beer. Yeah. If you don't drink beer, buy beer yeah, for yeah. a friend because you probably have a friend oh, who drinks good beer. 100%. So... And, and that's that's us too. That's how we're trying to grow is a little more organically. We try and have posts. Yeah. Uh, I mean, growing organic like it takes it takes a lot of time to grow yeah. organically, but it's the only way you really want to go. Like, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I was at La Cuvée and the the gentleman uh, from Vox Hops. He's like, "Hey, you're all beer inside." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> like you recognize yeah, me? Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I would have done the same if I saw you there for sure. Yeah. Because I've watched your videos online before uh, we started talking too, and mm-hmm. I was like before. I think so yeah we're doing the same <laughs> yeah excellent okay uh so I have another questions for you today uh, I appreciate you uh allowing us oh, yeah. to interview you or allowing me I should say sure. uh let oh, people yeah. know where they can find you on uh on your social media on your website and all that stuff so I can be found on Instagram which is at hop citizen one word lowercase I can be found on Facebook facebook.com slash hop citizen and I also, you can check out my website at www.hopcitizen.com. And those are the, pretty much the, the main things that I focus on for that here. Awesome. So we're going to add all that in the show notes. Definitely check out some beer articles. If, like I said, you want to get into the mindset of, uh, I can imagine myself tasting this. Go read his articles. Great photography. Uh, great description of the beers. Uh, as for us, you can find us at All Beer Inside everywhere allbeerinside.com where you can listen to our uh, audio get togethers of me and the guys and 
Uh, we're going to start adding people to the show, uh, one in, one out, and we'll see what their views are on our um, R-rated hilarity, as I like to call it. And as I like to say all the time, drink craft, not crap. Thanks a lot, man. Cheers. Toast.